Hey, Trina, can we I? We got squirrels in the walls. Which walls? They having babies. Girl, do something. Okay, yeah. Bitch, I'm taking calls. No small talk. No, no. Bitch, I'm taking calls. No small talk. 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 What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Where's My 40X podcast, and this is the Boob Tube, and we're doing Insecure Reviews, episode four, Fresh Like. And I have I have something to read because we got like an email that's not really an email. It's a Shanna mail because she basically sent me an email through Facebook Messenger. Because this is why I don't be allowing y'all to have like direct connections to me. So she lucky she family. But okay, so here we go. Oh my god, this is long. Okay, okay. <laughs> let let me let me say this right now because she because she is Shanna. And she put all of her feelings about the whole episode into this email. So let me just about two, which one? This current one or the this one current previously? episode? This current episode. Don't do not respond to any of the things that she says in this email. We will get to them. Okay. She addresses pretty much a lot <laughs> in this email. So don't respond. All right. Sure. So, thoughts for Insecure. Hey, everybody. Joy, let me know if you want me to add Tyler Perry to your calendar. He reached out about brunch. I don't know what is... Sorry. What's going on there? Okay. Okay. Insecure. She... Okay. Okay. Insecure. Molly. I have never seen some anyone hustle backwards so hard. She had those sisters on her side and was setting up a network, but because she wanted to be part of the boys club, quotes which she also said was the reason she left the white firm. She dissed him. And I'm so glad the therapist called her on her shit. She ain't even talking about drove. I loved Issa's whole story. This episode, I'm a sucker for the two people walking, talking, and falling in love trope, but the end was not okay. I know we all fantasize about it, but you don't walk out on the job. Did you even put in an application at Beats Crew? Did you try integrating hip hop into your work at We Got Y'all? You had one afternoon off and acted a fool when you got back. I get the TV drama, but no. You just got an apartment and you have no savings. Okay, that's all I got. I had to get that off my chest. All right. Can we comment now? No, 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 please. Right, I was going to say, is it done? Like you said Please it was don't, long. please don't comment. It's not, it actually wasn't that long. It looks longer than Facebook Messenger because Facebook Messenger used to be like, what's up? Yo, chill. But that's not what that was. It was like a whole three sentences. So it looks really, really long. When you condense it on the little messenger screen. <laughs> Alright, so can we just start the episode? Can we just start? Please don't. Yeah, I, right. I guess just start the show. Alright, cool. Alright, alright. Alright, boss and boss. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Alright, niggas and Tiff. Alright, alright. Alright, so episode four starts off with something we have not been able to get this whole season and I'm glad we finally got it Issa rapping in the mirror in the bathroom like she could not find a fucking mirror she couldn't find her reflection she right she couldn't find her reflection in a puddle she couldn't find you know 
a glass to look into. She couldn't cut off somebody's television and start rapping into it. Like she just could not find her black mirror or any mirror of any sort until now. And I'm so glad she finally got her mirror. And I feel like that's just reminiscent of like, she could not find her mirror self because she did not have her own place because she had yet to really find her new self yet. So I'm glad they gave her mirror self back. No, you deep nigga. I know. Mirror bitch is funny. I will pay somebody who's a fan of of this podcast, who listens like 20 bucks if y'all could juxtapose Reflection from the Mulan soundtrack to Issa rapping. Nigga. (laughs) That would be the best thing ever. Oh, God. Um, How (laughs) fucking genius of a comedian is Issa? Having her mirror bitch reflection respond when she said, don't go nowhere. And Mary yeah. bitch was like, bitch, where I'm going? Where I'm going? Go. Like, that response killed me. We actually had to pause it at that point. Like, I lost it. I was like, I hate her so much for being so fucking funny. She has no problem making fun of herself in this show. And I think it is awesome. Like, it is one of the greatest things about her character and her creative style, period. I do agree. Even though that place she's in. We're going to get into it, but yeah. Oh. Some baby steps. The fact that she's owning up to her shit and trying to be responsible. She is. However, I mean, she's in her mid 30s. So I feel like it's a little, mm-hmm. little, you know, you know, it's just a little too late. But hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of her. You got to start somewhere, sis. I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. That's why black uh, yeah, women are so do. supportive. And it kind of makes me, I'm kind of curious too. I guess we'll get to the point of the parents and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm, it makes me, I guess, a little bit more curious about, you know, especially post divorce with her parents. Like, mm-hmm. what did she have to go through? And, you know, what did she see that may or form certain ways? Because, you know, a lot of times, too, like how you grow up, you know, in disarray can cause you to have, you know, different uh, views on, like, a successful relationship. So, just curious. Uh, Tuan, you got anything, brother? buddy? You over there? No, nah, I ain't got nothing, man. Keep going. Y'all doing a good job. coming in like quiet storm, nigga. What the fuck? What is that about? What's... Nah, I ain't got nothing. Shaft. Like, what is up? Nigga? Just my nat- what is going just on? Just my natural voice. Nigga, you don't back the fuck up, nigga. <laughs> That's your natural voice. You sound so old, <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, my name is. All you used- gotta say is queen. Oh, I heard some niggas say that uh, <laughs> when I went to the, um, I went to Crog Street Sunday and everything was, he was sitting down with his girlfriend. Everything was at the counter. To the uh, black waitress, yo, queen, queen. No. I mean, I'm saying my queen, and I was like, really? Of course, he was from New York, but still, I was like, how fucking corny are you? And that's not even your damn girl. Like, mm-hmm. this is the waitress, okay. and she looked so annoyed. The waitress was like, nigga, what the fuck you want now? Like, nigga, what? But I'm saying my black queen. I just wanted some extra fries. That's all. This nigga sounds like Yo, queen, can you can you wipe down this table for me? Like, I don't need to disrespect you, queen. Wipe but... <laughs> right. I'm so dead. That's how you get to push Everything was queen. I was like, oh, Jesus. 
Queen, can I get my ranch on the side? <laughs> Queen, can you drop those fries again? Because, you know, they're kind of cold. I don't taste the seasoning. I really had something <laughs> terrible to say. I'm so glad I didn't say it. <laughs> I, I just... Say it, Brandon. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I love a woman that keeps a rag that isn't on the rag. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was in response to the come wipe down my table. (laughs) I was like, don't say that. (laughs) Don't say that out loud. I'm so happy that you did. Mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. Amazing. All right. So, so, uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I apologize. <laughs> My mind works that way, man. I can't control it. He might have was thinking that, but just, you know, didn't say it out loud. I liked Issa's return rap, though. Like, it was old school feeling. You could bop to it. She she rhymed two words at the same time. I didn't appreciate that, but that's fine. It's okay. She, she rhymed something like new place with new place or something, and I was like, no. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Still better than Eminem. I was, I was going to say the same fucking thing. I was like, yo, I guarantee you it's better than Eminem's new album that just dropped, though. Get out of my head, man. <laughs> and no, but Issa, Issa quietly raps better than a lot of niggas, even jokingly. You yeah. are accurate. Absolutely. I'm not even joking. You're absolutely accurate. Like, she got flow. She be saying shit. That's, that's like two things more than zero of the things a bunch of these niggas rapping have so true mm-hmm. so she is she's got this new spot and daniel knocks on the door interrupts her little rap session and basically it is the like saddest goodbyes moment <laughs> and what i really think is fucked up about this scene is the song that's playing in the background is called after the storm and it's by Caliuchis. Featuring Tyler the Creator and Bootsy Collins is produced by Bad Bad Not Good. This is just an amazing song. Um, it's on her isolation album. And Bootsy is talking in the beginning. He says, Ah, oh, whatever goes around eventually comes back to you. So you gotta be careful, baby, and look both ways before you cross my mind. And before he can even finish, they do a record scratch. And Molly's like, Bye, Daniel. And she just shuts the door. I was like, well, that goes around, comes back around shit is not hanging on, huh? We just, damn, that's that's completely fucked up that they put that back there. So they were telling us they was building a nice little story for Daniel. Uh, did, did we get did we get lied to? No, you got three episodes. No, I got a sneaking suspicion Daniel will be back. Maybe not right now, but you know, it's, I don't, I, I think he might try to win Issa back. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I hope, I hope not with them Nordic beats. Uh, no, ma'am. Mm, oh There's nothing wrong with soft rock in another language. You stop it. <laughs> Dana got to do better, though. He, he just, brought, he, listen, last episode just disappointed me. I was like, Wow. If, they, if this ain't an accurate representation of men in general, where you are blinded hey. by the veneer of fineness, mm. and then they turn around just being garbage, 
And that is yeah. exactly what happened. I thought you was talking about me I, at first. I, I, I was proud of Issa because you know, you you see how fine he is. He just gives me big dick energy. And then, you know, she was that much to take him to that little fancy ass, you know, restaurant with the window and shit. And then he gonna be acting the way he was acting. Damn and then talk slick out of that mouth. Oh. Yeah, she really was being super nice to him, considering. Like, like, exactly. Now, to be, yeah, no, now, to be no. fair, she yeah. Now, to be fair, she she's still living there with no rent. But <laughs> the fact that she went out of her way to like, you know, that was a really that was a very fancy ass restaurant. I tried to cheer mm-hmm. him up, listen to his "What Was Me," you know, producer stories. Like, she really tried. She, she did. Tried. Hmm. And he talked mad slick and thought eating pussy was just gonna. Smooth things over. Mm. I'm sorry, baby. Try to kiss my shoulder. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she did it right. Uh, well, wait. I probably would have did worse, but yeah, yeah, she did it right. Yeah, there would have been a scene. Orgasm been a first, scene. and I'm like, well, you know. Uh... <laughs> so about you being trash, <laughs> right? <laughs> my boxes. I'll be out of here by tomorrow. <laughs> Bye, um, nigga. So Molly hit him with the bye, which she felt really proud of that bye. It was like a sad, you finally gone, nigga, bye. Kind of proud. It was like, oh, so sad. Goodbye, Daniel, and your biceps that's flexing for no reason right now, and you ain't even carrying no boxes, nigga. I see you, nigga. Your line. Chill out, bruh. Chill out, bruh. And then she Push walks in the house. Pants. Chill out, bruh. And then she walks <laughs> in the house, and she is kind of like bigging up the spy for Issa. Oh, girl, I can see the Krispy Kreme sign. Issa's like, yeah, they be calling me when they fresh and high. We on a texting relationship. Like, to stuff like that, she's kind of like feeding, she, she's feeding positive energy to Issa for this spot, right? And in the midst of that, of them going through this, she starts talking about getting rid of some stuff that Issa doesn't need to keep. And I find Molly a very, very skilled bullshitter she says you can't bring old shit into your new life and i kept thinking nigga take your own fucking advice but we'll find out later in this episode why that is so important so watching it the second time like that line in particular resonated with me more because Mm -hmm. i just it's like the audacity of her to be saying that to anybody else that she just blows my mind but that's what she says. She gives good advice. Uh, her execution of it is terrible. So we'll just go with that. And as they're going through this, they're pulling out Zane books, which, yeah, you should burn those. Um, that, that's just Yeah, I hadn't read those since, like, smooth, like, high school. So. Burning them. She, something about, uh, she had an, a mixtape with Adele music on it. And I'm an Adele fan, so I really took that to heart when Molly was saying about Adele, too. This wasn't a good episode for Molly for me. <laughs> yeah, weren't those the mixtapes that she said Lawrence made for her on her first date? Yeah. He looked yeah, like a, he looked like yeah. an Adele nigga. He wore Carl Thomas sweater in the summer. Of course, yeah. he got he, <laughs> Why none of these niggas don't know how to wear clothes in season? Him and Daniel, bruh. What is going on? That terrible Playboy ass. Oh my god! This nigga. What now? Okay, okay, Joy. Which one was worse, though? The Battle of the Sweaters. Oh no. Lawrence and his Carl Thomas sweaters, or Daniel's Playboy Bunny sweater? Oh, the Playboy Bunny sweater by far, if you ask me. (laughs) I just like it. Just was so. (laughs) 
with the two black bunnies on each. I was like, get out of the sweater. What temperature is it? He said, a pink summer dress with like a light jean jacket, and you coming in with a full cable knit sweater. I was so confused. To go in the club. The hot ass club you going in, and then he and then he was standing on line with you know you know cupping his hands in the front like niggas do. I was just irritated. I really did not like that one. I'm gonna need y'all to stop picking on Daniel. Okay, you can't feel the heat when you mad. Oh, need that man. We already established how he's fine and he has big. Dick he is fine as fuck. Agreed and agreed, but that's what man. Look, it was it was I, a horrible sweater. But you know what? I I, I sympathize. Like, look, if I had a very popular TV show on HBO, I'd make all the niggas next to me look terrible, and so I would just <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I would do to make myself look better. Good police, I get it, girl. I see, <laughs> I see the vision. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Molly uh gives her advice or whatever, they talk about throwing stuff away. And the scene kind of cuts when we finally get to meet uh what's what's the girl's name? Because I, I don't remember. Frida. Is that her? No, no, not Frida. Um, the crazy neighbor that sees the squirrels in a wall um, having babies. Alicia? No, nah, it's not it. Wrong. It's not Alicia. What is it? Starts with a T, I think. Isn't it? Laquan, it was something. I thought it was like Laquan or something crazy. No, crazy, crazy squirrel lady. I think it's Tisha down the hall, but I'm not. You know, Laquan. Crazy squirrel lady. Wow. Either way, she comes to the door and she says, "Girl, we got squirrels in the wall." And Issa's like, "Where?" And she says, "You can't hear them. They making babies." (laughs) No, she said. She said they got squirrels in the walls. Issa looked at her and said, "Which walls?" Like. That girl, we in the building. (laughs) But she came to her apartment. Like, right, okay, yeah. This a lot fucking going on. Crazy neighbor. We were warned about this person. So Issa gotta go, you know, do work. The 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 work that gets her half off for that apartment that she living in. She thought was like fifteen hundred. That's just seven twenty five for her because she get to clean up the crazy squirrel poop and baby stuff. So have fun with that. They come back from that scene and um Issa is like going through the stuff that you know Molly was telling her to get rid of, and she's kind of pulling it back out the box. Like I can't get it with these. Ain't you never know when I'm gonna need this, or you know, ain't nobody like getting rid of this. And when she grabs the Adele mixtape, she looks at him. She says, "I like Adele" or something like that. And she says, "Girl, you rolling in the keep." <laughs> yes, she did. Also, she said for the Zane novel, she's like, "Tell her might do something with this." She this did. That's what that. she said. Tyler Perry might do something with this. And I'm like, nigga, why? Why are you doing this? You know, you know her and Tyler probably cool as shit, though. Um, all right, so we cut the Molly in the workplace, and they're having a black business meeting. And my first question, very important question, I want to pose it to the audience. Why is Molly dressed like a red velvet cake slice. <laughs> Why you mad? Why you mad at her? Uh, I, I like her that fall outfit. fashion. I, hold up, say that again, Twan. Say that again, Twan. You what? I like now? the outfit. You like the outfit? Yeah. You realize that they put her in that outfit to make her look frumpy and uncomfortable because the next outfit you see her in is that body hugging blue shit. That she Ooh, wears in the Torian's look, office. Yeah, she killed it. Now, that, that, that body hugging one was a chair. I would, 
Now, Deidre and or the guys, because listen, we are dress agnostic over here. If you want to wear a dress, we support you here. Where is it? My 40 acres, no matter what gender you are. But I found the dress. I found the exact dress she wore. Um, somebody posted a link to it. Now, I saw and I saw the site and I was like, I'm not going to look too deep into this because it said Bird All Goodman. I was like, oh, I don't got Bird All Goodman money. Yeah, but, yeah. But if anybody wants the link, I will provide it. <laughs> I saw, I saw mm-hmm. on the Twitters. Well, my shape can't uh, get in that, so I let Molly wear that. But and I, uh, I, I and I literally I don't like to you know you know I'm I'm anti-objectifying women, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> we don't even have yeah. to go. She killed that dress, like she killed it. That zipper that went, ooh, yes. Like, but she it. The first, the first thing we see her is of her ass. I was just like, come yeah. through squat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Molly was stacked like that. Like, I, I see, I okay. Remember, I remember doing a double take. I see, and, and I've been watching Molly. Like, I've been watching, like, this is how I watch the show. Molly is stacked. That dress is one of those dresses that double stacks it. The dress does work. You paying for a look, and she got benefits. Now, now if you, if I, she got burned off good money. You better be paying for a fucking look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like I don't know. I, I'm going back and forth for answering this question. Just but asking I'm just put it out there. Was it work appropriate? She work at a black firm. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but I was like, let me. I'm gonna wait till somebody else says it. I did, and the reason because I don't want to, because like I, I'm more asking it of a theta. Of, I don't know when it comes to women's clothes, so you know what I mean. Unless you like hanging out, falling out, because it was she was covered. It was like down to right. like a little bit. It, it, it went, went down her knees. Yeah. Covered. Yeah, it wasn't like you know what I mean. But you know, I'm like I said, uh, baby, I it posed fit it. perfectly <laughs> for her. Like it wasn't overly tight. Like it fit. Like Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was definitely it was definitely form fitting, but like tiny. in a in a classy way. Right. It, it had her shape. It wasn't like I'm about to also, you know, go to Starlet's shortly after. And, and a great mm-hmm. color too. Man. It like could yeah, that blue is pretty on there. Question Could she have worn that to Aretha Franklin's funeral and not been judged? <laughs> um, from what I've been reading that some people uh came in there dressed in t shirt shorts and gym shoes. Yes. I said it not be I judged. Woman, I was about to say, I, but I saw a woman <clears throat> in a full feather outfit. It was just feathers. I mean, Shirley Caesar had on a Beyonce outfit that was see-through and was covered. With- that is very, yo, yes, yes, she did. Yes, she did. All right. Um, do I have fine. a do I have a problem with the outfit that Molly was wearing? No. Like, like I said, the dress came down to her knees, so it fits like Catholic girl school rules. Um, it was classy. She could go out after it and mingle with a client, you know, to win the case. But I'm opposed to the dress because of why she wore it. And like this whole, I want to be in the boys club shit. Dealing with a nigga that already seems like he going to be a hotel, just an educated hotel. Yeah. She, she just, her, her main jump was move up the ranks. I want to be the best. And I want to be the one. And again, you're sitting there like you only been there for like, a week or so, like it ain't been a long time. You know what I mean? And then you go and do to to flip as quickly as you is. I just like when a girl said, Oh, we like, oh, we see you busy. When she basically like, Oh, we see you. And they were like, We oh. see how you are. 
And I thought that was yeah. great. Cause like, you just like my girl started watching. She like, don't do that. You just lost all the women. You did. <laughs> who going who going who going to back you up? Yeah. And you need that when the revolution eventually happens. <laughs> like you need you need the support okay. of women. You got to support your local go, like girl gang. Like that is super important, especially mm-hmm. in the workforce because like if shit pops off, you need you need you need the backing. And then yeah. all she had to do was finish out her stuff with them. There's there's gonna be another case. You can always gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna help you out. Throw that shit up there. Like, but it was like you just that impatient to like I got I got to move up. She I mean, but if it is, she's a lawyer, so she I mean. half took advice, which is really frustrating to me, which is why she's gonna stay in therapy for a really long time. But like my biggest issue with how she's doing what she's doing is when you brown nosing a brown noser, that's just some human centipede shit. I don't understand what she is hoping to what ladder she's hoping to climb. And because it's not going to be case based, right? It's you cannot connect. Can I get in the room with whatever cases that they're talking about? But the reality is you've already taken a shadow role auditorium in the meeting because for some reason you couldn't fix your mouth to formulate a complete thought over this nigga over talking you. Like if in a, in a, and I, in the, I've been in a bunch of these meetings. I'll be on calls with people. Like, it's really difficult sometimes to get into work. And, yeah, sometimes you got to wait your turn. And sometimes it's their turn to wait. Like, you got to speak over people because they be saying the wrong shit or they be trying to steal your spot or they be cutting you off when you saying something that's legit, legit now. You know it, too. More important than what the fuck they saying. This nigga jumping in not only to steal her shine at that business table, at that, that meeting table, but then that fucking... Like, like I made the shot gesture. Oh yeah, that power. He did that in a meeting, in front of people, and the, the boss was sitting right next to him. He didn't see that shit. I'm like, I'm already like the dynamic of this company already is a problem, right? And that's understand you talking about you all you all you understand is the boys club. Well, ma'am, now you working with some women, black women at that, in the role that y'all are in. Y'all are black women lawyers. There's a certain prestige and privilege that comes with that. And then there's a certain, we got to demand and step up to do shit here because these niggas ain't shit. That whole Morehouse, he's Morehouse. He don't have no class. Jokes aside, that nigga really is a nigga that you got to watch. That motherfucker Mm -hmm. don't have no respect for you. But she, she felt it and then went to them and they confirmed it. But and then, then went to him. You see the the boss talking to him. You're like, well, I got it. I have to get over there instead of again. I just felt like you could have still did that move a day or two later, or not at all. You, and you, or not at all. But you you could have did that, and you would have not burnt any bridges. Why didn't you just go talk to the boss you yourself? Have, you have now burnt you burnt bridges where you work at. Why? But why are you trying to network through another nigga to get into the office of the motherfucker that just hired you? Like there's a right. there's a certain access that you get being a new employee in an environment. People are a bit more willing to give you some time to maybe express yourself because you're trying to get acclimated. And that's not what she did. She has she has taken a back role. You know, she's letting people cut her off. Like 
it don't matter what environment you walk into if you can continue to be the same person you was when you left the last spot. Molly was letting people talk over her and stuff then. Molly wasn't stepping up to the plate then. And Molly wasn't playing different angles in the game. She's bringing that same bullshit with her. New building, same Molly. I don't, I just don't understand what she thinks that she's going to gain from this nigga's going to take all the fucking credit, dog. Like, there's no way he's going to give you credit for shit. And, and I'm just going to call it out. He's going to try to fuck you. He's going to take the credit and he's going to try to take the pussy. So what are you doing? This is a, you sucking up to a nigga that already got a big head. And that whole shit yeah, didn't wear that dress for that dumb nigga either. She knows know she's going to meet. But also, his head is literally big. Like, he has a big ass. Yeah, he got head. a big ass. He head. does. He looks. He look like his a head lu- is quite large. He looked like a ludicrous video. He got a big ass head. Oh, he do have big ass head. Not a ludicrous video. But no, um, I, I, that was to agree with all of that. Like, you know what? The only, the only good thing that I could think about this is, is that. Molly's therapist is getting a lot of money for doing the bare minimum. Molly ain't taking her advice, so girl, she might as well just pretend. But she's not even getting the good stories, Joy. Like, she ain't even getting the Dro story. She's right, like, well, she said, Dro? Dro? I was like, girl, if you're not talking to your therapist that you are paying top dollar for, might I add, uh, uh, and telling her, like, the, the, the legit, like, the legit shit, what is the point of you having a therapist? Dude, that happened. All the <laughs> time. <laughs> it happens all the time. People will come in to you and talk to you about some stuff and say, this is the problem. And you always take that, you listen to the first problem, you take it with a grain of salt, though, and you just let them talk. Because once you build a relationship, something's going to come up. And she hit her, like, when she asked about that, it was that I, I sat over here and laughed because I'm like, Oh man, we sit here. We watch that. I watch that. Like that's the aha moment. That's what's that's what's pushing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was in there, I, like, look, I I started taking those. Like she was my client. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's, yeah, that's the part right there. <laughs> that's it. You know, because like people, because people go in there and say, this, these are the problems I have. These are the issues I have, and are trying to hide an entire thing that's kind of running off of the thing because they don't want to get into it, or sometimes they just don't want to hear. They already know what you're going to say. You know, they already know that you're going to say what they're thinking. They don't want you to say that or to validate the thing that they're already thinking. So they try to hide it. But eventually, if we keep talking enough, it comes out in some way. It usually comes out just like that, just like a slip of the tongue. And when you yeah. hear that, Josh, you're just like, as a, as a therapist, you're like, yeah. All right. Now we can, like, you're getting your thought, like, now we can do some work. Spill all the work, tea, now. ma'am. Um. I, f- I forgot to mention yeah, this earlier. Yeah, sessions, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, Issa's Nina Simone shirt is absolutely making the face that everybody watching this show oh. was making when old girl that came to the door wrong. about the squirrels. Like, she's making the exact face, though. What the fuck? Face. Go back and watch it. But also, there was a painting, I think, also a drawing, a sketch of Nina Simone in the therapist's office sitting front and center on the bookshelf. So, I'm pretty sure like that was maybe a thing. I could be wrong. Maybe that wasn't a sketch of Nina, but I thought it was. Nina's judging you, hoes. Yes, <laughs> Queen Nina. Yeah, that that shirt was so bomb. I also like the um, it's 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 certain things that I like 
about the way that this show shows a black work environment. Um, not that particularly that velvet cake dress that Molly had on that suit, that zoot suit. Um, it could have been fitted. It was, I don't mean fitted like, like the way we talking about that blue dress. Like it definitely could have used some hemming. Like it could have, you know, shortened the sleeves a bit, bringing the shoulders, stuff like that. I feel like she's keeping something under there, but there's the black art like in the workplace I thought was dope. Cause you, cause you don't get to like little stuff like that. I don't get to see when I go to my, you know, places of work, I don't get to see black art and like that shit is just dope. I don't get to see diverse art. I get to see real stock photo art shit. A flower or a sailboat or right. Or a guy looking at a flower in a sailboat. Because we like yeah. combinations. Yeah, I just, it was nice to see something that it looked like an actual person created it, you know, and like they had a personality and shit, had a bit of flavor and freshness to it. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything anybody else wants to say about Molly? Because I feel like we have like dug deep into her. I mean, yeah, she's an idiot. Like, if you have an opportunity to make <laughs> yes, because like if you have any that's that's one thing I have learned just in life as a black woman and now working with black women, black women are the cheat code in life. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, desecrate that sanct like that the sanctity of that that relationship, then bro, you gotta you gotta take the L where whatever how that ever however that 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 uh L materializes into because it's coming you gotta take it and she just got there that's she the, just got and them girls were looking at you like alright I synced it I got you that's the who you are girl that's what bothered me so much about what she did I don't think she's been there a fucking week yet like Mm-mm. what is going on why are you so fucking impatient yo because you don't have Dro, do you need to get Dro back to get some patience? If that's the case, call the nigga up. Cause you about to fuck up your whole work shit. That's fucking. Remember with your they money. were even talking. Remember when um E said, well, Molly, remember when they were all eating at the restaurant and you know it was it was brought up and even Issa was like, just take your time. Like you're rushing into it, like you just overreacting. Yeah, that just gave me like she hadn't been there that long. Right. No, she hasn't. And then, yeah, like the fact that those girls, like she came to those girls mad humble and they were like, yeah, sure, of course. Like, and was, was, did not have to go out their way to help her, gave mm-hmm. her the, the lowdown on that Morehouse nigga, like really was looking out for her. And this is how she repays them. Yep, supporting. Also, like they didn't play, like, of them being intimidated by her because she was a new woman coming in. They literally, like, she said that it looked at her, but when she came over and talked to them, they embraced her. And it was like, cool. But to be let's, honest, let's work together on this. Let's, honestly speaking, though, given what we've seen since Molly started there, what the fuck did they have to be intimidated by? She came yeah, in she weak. She acting weak. Exactly. She's she not. They was joking yeah, she, her in the first meeting. So. Oh, yeah. Also, like they they're the one who secured the case, not she, not her. Yep. She was the one because like, she came up to him and was like, yo, congratulations on securing the case. Like, that was some really great work because she can't secure it. She wasn't able mm-hmm. to. They were, though. Uh, we see you. 
<laughs> we see you, Molly. Issa. I like this episode for Issa. Like a lot. I did too. I did too, man. I'm glad she went in out here in these streets. Um, so Issa, you know, we, we come back to her and she is at work. Frida walks up to her. Frida's like, yo, I talked to Janet on your black ass behalf, and she's gonna let you back out. You know, you're free. You can go out unchained. Issa unchained, you can go out there. And you can work with the kids again. Tell them we got y'all. Maybe not with a picture of a white hand raising them up on your shirt anymore. You know, but you can show them some diversity. I'm sure that was the biggest motivator. The fact that the only black person we got working here, you keeping in the office and punishing and not actually sending out there to be the face and not the white hand of this organization. Might want to like think about stuff like that. But you know, Frida, I, I love the whole Frida girl. I did, I got you, girl. I got you, and I was just like, that's so condescending, though. <laughs> even though you don't. I think my... No, continue what you're saying. I'm no, I'm just saying, even though I know Frida doesn't mean anything negative by it, like, it just feels condescending in Issa's situation. Period. Yeah, you don't, you I don't think like... my third, my third eye might have been too open because every time she kept saying like we're bringing, we're letting you go back into the field, I was like. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even think I, of that. I felt myself being like, mm, this wording, it, this wording could be better. Master say your punishment is over. You can get it. <laughs> pick all the kind of like, Wait a minute, this 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 wording is not great. I actually think that's probably like they write the script, so that shit is they they probably had their third eye open too. What were you saying, Twan? You saying I don't like Frida? Yeah, I love Frida. I love her personality. Like I think she's awesome. You don't like Frida. Uh, I do like Frida. I mean, I like Frida I as much as you like Frida. How much do you like Frida? I just don't think you like Frida, man. No, I like Frida, actually. I like her. I, matter of fact, I've talked positive about Frida on here. What are you talking about? I thought you about to say I talked to Frida. I was like, where, nigga? Like, no, I haven't talked to Frida. But if I ever interview her, I'd be like, the first thing is, I like your character, and I think you were, put, you were sandwiched into a terrible situation on this show. <laughs> <laughs> that you really were prepared for. I like for. Frida a lot more in season what is this? What is this? Uh, this season three? Season I liked her a lot more in season one and two. Dang. I don't think I like her in season three. I have to agree with Twan. Wait, you don't like her? Does Twan even agree? I didn't think Twan, Twan, Twan like likes her. her. I like her. Twan I likes like her. her. I'm not a fan of her this season. And I think it's it, I think it's because that like fake I'm on your side white woman bullshit I've seen too many times. Mm-hmm. So personally for me it rubs me the wrong way. I just don't like you we know, got y'all this season. I don't so anybody affiliated at this point, I'm just kind of side eyeing them when they talking. Cause I feel Issa's pain sitting in that chair every day in somewhere you don't want to be and you don't feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the unique thing about Frida's character is that I think overall our feeling of white women has changed <laughs> and that's and it is like and it just coming on her you know what I mean because like I always I always thought they wrote her as a, a very well-meaning didn't always know but heart was in the right place and wanted to learn and I think that's why Issa always gravitated her because some of the other ones there are just horrible as people like the uh oh man just just the, the rest the three of them usually talking and yeah yeah but the, <laughs> the rest of them talking. yeah the rest of them is usually talking at the board they're just horrible horrible people and then like i think it was season two when when frida and Issa kind of had that real when they were working together more 
and they got real with each other and that setup that they had a it was a cool dynamic and friendship i think i think frida is trying to hang on to that even though she's in a place of what is it she's basing the place of superiority over Issa right now in the company and i think i think you feel that dynamic change but i don't think it's on her though um i think that again <laughs> uh frida has been sandwiched into a situation that she did not fully understand or grasp before she thought about jumping into it because she is now the lackey for janet she is the she oh my god she she's like the post she's like the messenger of all bad news in the office because janet does not have the balls to do that shit herself and i don't think that janet is in a positive enough headspace or confident enough headspace to do anything like she's like the most terrible manager you can have right now somewhere who can't even really manage their own emotions when it's required like at times when it's required like during the day when you're working with other people so that's where i'm at she's with that blanking. yeah and she's one of those she's one of those white women that is like happy to have you here i love blackness until it gets too difficult to love blackness or to work with black people or people of color and then like they kind of lash out but mm-hmm. i have to take that into consideration with the fact that i'm black all the time and I'm never allowed to lash out. So it's hard for me to have sympathy for your woes. Yeah. Like I, kn- I know maybe I should I should be I should feel bad for Frida. And I, I do a bit. I feel worse for Issa. Because I've been there. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, Frida just gives me just like what you said, she's the She's the person that Janet always knows she can just, you know, get to do her dirty work for her. And Frida's just, she really doesn't have that much of a backbone. So she just, so yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel bad for Issa out of everybody. So yeah, um, Issa pretty much takes a lunch break. She has called in an order for some tacos from worldwide. She, she takes an hour lunch tacos. break of lunch breaks. Like, well, I mean, at first nice. it was a regular lunch break, and then Dick showed up. So, then it turned into. Then a who showed up? That nigga named <laughs> Dick, right? New is his name Dick or New Dick? Was New Dick? Name? New Dick? Yeah, definitely. Wow. New, Dick. new Dick showed up. New Dick. Wow, amazing. Hey, was okay. there any arguments going on in the Twitter sphere about the fact that Nathan is light skin and Dayo is brown skin? I did, you know, I don't look at Twitter when I watch. Uh, it was I think it would have been. I I don't know if they were, but I feel like just in general, it would have been more discussion if the roles were reversed and it was. You know that though. Two black women, yeah. You know that mm-hmm. though. That's not. Come on, bro. You don't even have to ponder that. Of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, think, I think the girl. people who people who are mad at it just saw new dick, and I think that was enough. <laughs> right. I'll go with that. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's just like, you know, new dick. And they're like, yeah, this is this is nice. Question, who is Amal? Nobody know who oh, Amal is? Oh, the dude that she left at the uh, at the, at at the uh, airport? Six. She yeah, left I, him I at the airport? Yeah, I didn't get that part. 
Who is Amal? Is that her brother on the show? Who is Amal? I thought it might have been her brother, and at one point I thought it might it might have been her doing lift, but I was like, she don't do lift because she had her, she's on a lunch break. So maybe she is doing lift. Like, can't be a client. <laughs> maybe no, maybe she was doing lift. Maybe she was that was her quitting her lift job. Oh, I hope that's it. I hope that was her. <laughs> I hope that was it. Hold on, let me find out who about. They do do get like with Lyft, you can get like scheduled pickups, so you can schedule like some. That would have been a hell of a pickup going to an airport for your lunch break. Damn it! It's it's a, it's her brother. You have to know, like yeah, because like with the scheduled, you have to. I think it's how does it work with Lyft? So you, I guess you just put it out there. Like I need to be scheduled. I need somebody to pick me up at this X amount of time, at this X amount of, you know, location. And that person who, I guess, first come, first serve, they accept it. So, I mean, even though she would have to accept it, knowing that, okay, I'm taking my lunch break. I don't know how far from her work is from the airport, but maybe she know. figured she can do it. Like No, it's it's Amal. Her, I mean, Amal is her brother. It's her gay brother, which is oh, what okay. I thought. So she, she, she left her brother at the airport at Terminal 6. Yeah. <laughs> Which they don't like each other anyway, so that makes right. sense that she would leave his ass there for new dick. Um, she is eating That's a taco easy. from Worldwide, takes an hour tacos, which I don't know what you are fucking doing for your tacos to take an hour other than actually slaughtering the fucking meat. So Issa tweeted about the tacos um, and saying that it's her favorite hood spot in LA of all time to get tacos. They have a hundred different types of tacos. And what? that the yeah, and that um the person the the dude who owns the place sometimes literally like leaves the station and gets stuff fresh for the tacos, which is why it takes fifteen minutes versus an hour. But she thinks it's absolutely well worth the wait. She tweeted that. I'm not waiting an hour for a taco, dog. Yeah, Did it, I just it, order? It, it was like this whole episode was her was her like little uh love letter to L.A. Black like, L.A. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, black LA. Yeah, black cool. LA. Like she was, she was going different things, just showing actual spots and stuff like that. Well, they gentrify it. I got you, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one thing I love just about TV in general and this this wave of black television is that we're getting regional blackness in different forms. With Atlanta, obviously for Atlanta, um, and then for for Insecure and talking about like a, a gentrifying LA but has a rich black culture um, and that they're, you know, these are two native people from those areas having the opportunity to tell their stories from their eyes, from the areas that they grew up in. I think that's really, really powerful. Don't forget about Oakland. Sorry to bother you. And. Oh, absolutely. I was talking about television, but yes, you know, sorry to bother you blind spotting. Absolutely. Like Oakland is getting that attention. So, um, yeah. So they decide that, uh, well, Issa's not going to pick her brother up from terminal six. Good luck, nigga. Lift it. (laughs) She decides to walk with Amal because he orders some tacos after he makes her drop her taco. He said that was hard to watch. She said it was harder living it. I agree. And he orders her some tacos. So it's like it'll take an hour. Fuck it. We'll walk around LA. I'll show you the streets. And they go to what? Lamar Park. Mm-hmm. They start talking about just random stuff. Like they just kind of like you meet a new person. You meet a new person. You don't know anything about them. Y'all just start like the com. I think the conversation. Is easier to have with somebody you don't know for the oh, first yeah. time than it is with somebody you talk to all the time. Cause then, like, what the fuck do y'all have to talk about? Like, 
And then I think too, especially since it was so new, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's in a way you can kind of be, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's a little easier to separate than somebody that you're like fully invested in, you know, like with Daniel, you know what I'm saying? It was, it's a little different to be, you know, yourself versus a Nathan, like you just meeting. Uh, they start talking about a barbecue spot. And homie's like, y'all don't know shit about barbecue here. Uh, I'm from Houston, which I kind of agree. Like, my nigga, we're we talking about Texas, like, home with a fucking barbecue and shit. I'm not saying LA got terrible barbecue. I'm just saying, like... I mean, I was laughing he said Houston with that whole uh, New Orleans accent he got, but... <laughs> and she, she responded back with... Miss. She responded back with uh, the mother from... Family Matters eats at this spot that she says is the best barbecue spot. And me, Ashley and I both stopped and looked at each other. It was like, what the fuck type of qualifier is that? What does that mean? So Harriet eats there? I'm supposed to... Oh, that must be this official. Is it light skin Exactly. Exactly. But that matters. Like, I punch in it. It matters. She did not clarify. Is this halfway through season nine, Harriet? Or is this all the way up to season nine and a half, Harriet? Because we all know who the superior Harriet is. Of course. You know that show is terrible. Um, But yeah, he says Miss Winslow. He even asked her, is Miss Winslow a barbecue expert now? And I'm like, "That's this is a legit question. Cause I don't know why you just gave me that information, but I'm sure there's something that Issa has seen in real life. Like she probably really does eat there in real life. So y'all know to go where to go if y'all want to ever talk to Mother Winslow about which. Wait, that's Mother Winslow is Carl's mother. If y'all ever want to talk to the mother on Family Matters, but you know, choose your fighter because we don't know which one it is. The old one, not the high pitched voice one. Oh, Carl, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> Never that one. God dang. Um, so they walk in and and I don't know. I feel like they were just showing a lot of scenic stuff about LA that people might be like recognized and familiar with. Like you see in shows, you see in movies, um, all the time, and they're kind of just walking through it. And what I liked about it, it was very calm. Like when they show some spots in some films, like from LA and shit, it always looks hectic. Like it always looks like it's a whole bunch of shit going on all the time. It always looks like an exhibit video. And when they're walking through there, dream. yeah, well, like when they're walking through there, it's just a normal fucking day outside walking through a neighborhood. Holy shit. What? I'm listening, but I'm also looking at this worldwide talk. <laughs> oh, she's looking at the menu. Menu. This nigga got 106 flavors of tacos. From, I told y'all. From glazed lemon pepper scallop. You can get a lemon lime scallop and lobster. You can get a chunky lamb. She can't wait to do that. You can this. get a blueberry steak. You can get broccoli and chicken. Because that's why I'm he got that. Listen, my sister, my little sister lives in Inglewood, so I will be reporting God, damn. that. That's why she got to go get, get it in a burrito form. Niggas got ra- raspberry chipotle duck. Sound good. Chipotle. I want to taco now. Yeah, now nah, I'm gonna report back. It, me and my sister are rolling out. Get that blueberry. I just put the menu in the uh, chat. God damn. All right, so they walk across this huck, this house, right? And he's just like, "This used to be my house." So before this turns into a conversation about a big reveal, I think that about Issa's past that I wasn't prepared for, um, which but also kind of makes sense. 
the house that's across the street from in the background and you see it a few times from this house that they're about to go jump in the pool of that used to be Issa's childhood home. The house across the street is the home of Sanaa Lathan's character in Love and Basketball. And I verified this by going and looking at that clip. Really? Of Kyla it Pratt. Issa tweeted about it too during the live tweet. She did. And that's why I went and checked because I was like, I went back and I watched that kid fight with Kyla Pratt and the boy. And you can see when Kyla Pratt comes out the house that in the way the driveway is like this U-shaped sidewalk of a driveway. And she rolls her bike around from the bottom U part up to, up to like the top. I was like, yeah, that's the, that's exactly the house. That's across the street. So it, like Issa oh, was talking wow. about how that was a big thing for her. She was like, we shot across the street from the house of love and basketball. Oh, damn. Issa's house. So, so Issa was like, my mom works hard for this house. And I think Ashley was reading her book. Ashley was saying like her parents were doctors or something like that or are. And he really did get divorced or something. And I'm I'm not sure the facts on that. I haven't read it. But you have to be a doctor to own a house like that, right? Because that ain't no small fucking house. No, that house not at all. That house was long and wide. Mm-hmm. That was a nice-ass house. was. She casually was talking about that shit like it wasn't big as hell. You know, and my I man, mean, to her, well, to her, it probably wasn't like in terms of her like point of view. I'm just saying, look at where she's living right now. <laughs> no, 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 I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you, but like, it's Issa's. It's, it was. I don't know what you're saying, like in terms of it being kind of like definitely being more of a reveal because I don't think any of us was expecting her to live in that house, but. Issa's one of those kind of characters where she's surprisingly down to earth. And I've always gotten that from her, especially because a lot of her, all of her friends are bougie, mm-hmm. except for Kelly. Kelly's just crazy. Kelly is bougie, though, too. She's crazy and bougie. She is bougie, too. She is she's crazy she's and bougie. in her own way. Yeah. She's cruisy. And I guarantee you, if you looked at the how they grew up versus Issa, Issa's family is probably the most affluent out of all four of them. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because we did see Molly's family's house, and I did like I wasn't like blown away by Molly's house. I was like, that's a nice little house, but I wasn't blown away by it. Issa's house, I was like, what the? Wait a minute, hold on, son. Yeah, like, yeah, like look at the backyard with the. I mean, even with the pool, like it wasn't like they put the pool in. Right, right. It was like yard space, then the pool. Like she was like, like I grew up in a house. Yeah, like I grew up in the Bronx, but I grew up in a house. Like I grew up in a private house. We moved to a private house, still in the South Bronx, when I was in first grade, and that's my—that's the home that I recognize the most. Like we lived in an apartment, but then my parents got a private house. Um, like, <laughs> and the Bronx is interesting, where it's like in between blocks, you'll have good blocks of like nice pro- rows of private houses. But it'd be across the street from the projects. That's that's just the Bronx in a nutshell. Oh, ma'am, that's DC. And, uh, that's DC and Baltimore. That ain't. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But like we 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 had a house. I we had a pool too. And but across the street was like we were in between two kids, Bay Boys and Girls Club. One on Castle Hill on the top of the hill. One on Randall on the bottom of the hill. My mama used to work at the one on Randall. And like we were in the midst of the projects, like in between all of those. So I, I definitely related to the 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 house growing up because. My parents did not have money. 
we were, it, it was like they, we didn't feel it, but like in talking to my parents now that they live in like Arizona where their mortgage is much cheaper, I was like, I don't know how y'all able to sustain this home. Yeah, so, huh. like I said, it was a big ass house. And like we always said, they put the pool in. Issa comes, Issa, Issa that comes yard that like they they have like the the old like you kind of see it sometimes in like the old hollywood movies where like the back you get the uh glass you know um door that goes to the yard to the pool like that's what that reminded me of so they had hella space uh, i don't want to leave out the fact that that fucking picture of chad on the bench with the bluetooth phone I was waiting for us to talk about that. That was mad funny. I loved every joke because Chad in that picture is ridiculous. He really does have a Bluetooth headset on in this picture. And it was like, like Nathan said, what is like this nigga taking a picture like, yo, somebody gonna call me during the picture? And I'm like, nigga. Because this is an ad picture, y'all. This is not a picture where somebody took one of him walking through the office. This is a professional billboard ad picture. You got that shit done at Kmart. With the earpiece on. <laughs> Bruh, earpiece you don't on. be looking busy in your profile pic. Get the fuck out Honestly, of here. That was, that was the best cameo because I, if there's anything I missed about Lawrence, it was Chad. We all miss Chad. I fucking love Chad. <laughs> Chad was so funny. <laughs> he accepted his ain't shitness, so it's all good. Oh. <sighs> They have been playing truth or dare this whole time. And, you know, Issa and them, been, they've been kind of safe doing truth. Um, oh, I don't want to leave this part either. This, the thing when she was like, yo, we in the hood. Don't be, don't be thinking you can just not say whatever you want. To. Like, don't be thinking you just be yelling shit. Like, they don't play. Don't, I dare, she's like, I dare you to yell King Kong ain't got shit on me and watch what happened. And he, and he, he took that dare instantly and he jumped right into yelling it. And somebody threw a pineapple shasta at home from a window. <laughs> And even though what they missed my baby trying to sleep, nigga, someone. She yeah, she said my baby trying to. She said nigga, shut up, my baby trying to sleep. Whatever she said, she woke the baby up. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't look hoodish to me either, like the. But LA is always like that, though. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, niggas got palm trees and they just be gang ganging like that's just <laughs> that's, that's LA. When she yeah, said man. that, was like, don't be fooled by the palm trees. <laughs> Cause you know, oh, like boy. we got like where I grew up, we had palm trees too, like everywhere. But they're not, they're not in the fucking hoods at all. Like they're either planted by white people in their houses, or you know they're more closer to the beach area. But yeah, when she was like, "Oh, y'all got palm trees," I was like, mm, "Yeah, yeah." But it's like palm trees, grass, you know, like especially if you're from like the East Coast, used to like the projects, and it looking like you know they concrete high rises <laughs> you know what i mean Dog, like even you, even you me in my private house we didn't have, yeah even me living in my private house in the bronx we didn't have no grass it was all concrete like the whole area was concrete <laughs> yeah you come out there like nigga y'all gotta mow grass and stuff this ain't the projects <laughs> yeah <laughs> y'all can have dogs out here and stuff <laughs> i know it looks all lush like what are y'all talking about but yeah, it was their little stroll was cute, and I, I mean, I, I I do love their like little energy. You know, she got the skinny dip with them. She did all that stuff. Yeah, and that was nothing, really cute. Nothing seemed yeah. pressed. You know, 
everything kind of to naturally just kind of flow. Right. And and that's how it's supposed to be. Like, I think that's why, you know, she grinned like the hardest I've ever seen her grin. You know, just like what you said, she felt so she looked relaxed. She felt relaxed. He felt relaxed. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just a natural, like I'm trying to get to know you, like I'm attracted to you. We're kind of flirting. Like I done seen the penis, but you know, <laughs> we still gonna uh, keep going on this day because I really don't want it to end. Like that's the, you know, like the first little, um, you know, when you meet somebody. Yeah, I think that was the most she's ever smiled, I think, in terms of interacting with a dude on the show. Like, she, like, their chemistry was very, was very fluid, and Mm -hmm. they had a similar sense of humor, because Issa's, you know, mad hilarious, but all the dudes she's kind of been with in the show is not as funny as she is, but you can tell that he's always down for a joke, and I think that's, you know, helped with her being comfortable. Cause this look, you know, let's look at the stuff that she, you know, she told him about how she rapped and stuff like that. And, you know, she said she really never told anybody that. And cause I don't, I don't think has she ever, besides Daniel, like a long time ago, has she, I don't think she ever like rapped with Lawrence or in front of Lawrence. I don't think so. And I think the only reason why Daniel knew is because they knew each other growing up. Like, right. I don't think she would have shared that with him otherwise mm-hmm. yeah i agree and like you know she did it and like he rapped with her which i thought was cute like yeah, i just i just i love their energy this is that's the thing like the dream is to just be with a nigga that's gonna be corny with you and i loved it listen <laughs> listen that's what i was saying like that whole day was was cornball corny that i would like and especially Absolutely. with somebody that's uh slightly hood like how i like them i was like yep that's my kind of date. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just, I literally walked out of that. I was like, man, I really enjoyed that day. I enjoyed it like I went. I was like, Me too. I was like, oh, this is, I, I felt so great afterwards. I was like, oh, wait, I didn't go nowhere. <laughs> I was like, they're playing Troop of like they're five years old. I was like, this is great. I love all this cornball shit. Me I do. Too. It was so cute. I was like, he, you know, he done told you he got shot and, his house, you know, apartment flooded in Houston from the hurricane. <laughs> from Katrina. I was like, yikes. But also, like, damn, y'all really getting, like, up close and personal. Isn't he, like, a barber, too? Did I miss that? Or did I read that wrong? Yeah, like, he said something. Yeah, he said he was a barber. Because remember, I think initially he was waiting on a client. But then That's they were at a particular, I forgot what era they were in. You know, he was saying how. Like he he loves being a barber, but he just doesn't like being, I guess, pretty much stuck in the same, you know, um same. You know, he don't want to be stuck behind a chair. Yeah, behind a chair. Exactly. So so he told her all of that. Can we, really can we talk about that that the uh at the end of the day, that the little boy? Was that supposed to be an imitation of Cardi B? My mama said, like, that me- that meme, did I get that wrong? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was my mama said, like, uh, you, uh, we locked out. My mama said, you changed the key. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what y'all doing in here? Eat tacos and kissing on the lips? I was like, man, how you, you going to be that specific and right? <laughs> <laughs> he was that <bad> specific. 
<laughs> he was real specific and right. Oh boy! It might, you know what? It might have been the. I'm gonna put us to stay here. Oh man! Yeah, that was. It, at first, I thought it was a crazy girl's uh child. But she was about to say, "My mom, my mama said you didn't get the squirrels out or something like that." Oh, I kind of was upset though, because you know it did break their little mood up. It did, but like, there's a more opportunity. I I feel like Nathan, he has a good chance of being back. I hope he does come back. Cause he did. He say, "What are you doing tomorrow?" Or I hope to see you tomorrow, or something like that. Or like something along the lines of like, "This is this was great. Like, let's do it again sometime." Yeah, which could be nigga speak of. Yeah, which could be nigga speak of. He she's not gonna see him again. But I'm hoping. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was also good to see just ended the kiss. You know what I mean? Like, cause the whole day was kind of light and sweet and it ended that way. Mm-hmm. Instead of going into like, you know, trying to get them draws. Let me tell you how I know this dude like Easter because he didn't finish eating that fucking taco and his mouth was already on her. Like she he was in halfway chomp and then he was like, Oh, I'm gonna kiss you. Like Sam no, still on the breath. I was gonna say, though I will admit, when he kissed her, I was like, Ooh, y'all just had tacos. <laughs> I literally said that to oh, you. Yes. Cilantro, like, oh. like I y'all just, I was like, y'all just ate that taco, huh? <laughs> See again, that's the shit. Look, listen, guys, especially the young ones. This is shit you can't do when you be watching TV. Nah, man, you gotta, you got you try to lean in when you, when when girl eating something or you eating something. Nah, she go turn away. You gotta wipe your lips, get all that grease off and shit like that. Nah, that shit don't work. It's it does not. Good. That does not work. First of all, what you're not gonna do is interrupt me, and I'm if I'm in the middle of like a really good taco. I love mm-hmm. me a taco, so don't don't do that. But also, like I was looking as they were doing, it, I was just like, oh, their breath probably smells terrible. <laughs> that was literally my first thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He, I just remember first, and I was like, wait, he didn't. I didn't see him. He was still chewing. He, he was. <laughs> what, what's going on? Dead ass, he was mid- like he he just like ingested the food and then turned to her and I was like, wait a minute now, hey, y'all don't have no drink, like I don't see no water. I was like, y'all can't do like a quick like swig or something, no water, nothing, <laughs> like some seltzer to get some like carbonation in there, I, yeah, like something. That's nothing. Oh. He went full Monty and and she went right back and I was like, oh, sure. I mean, if she likes it, I love it. But that, you know, that yeah. is that is the beauty of uh, corny magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, cor- the corny is also a great. A- that's a great answer too. <laughs> but that is that is Hollywood magic because that would not bode well for joy. Mm-mm. Especially because I like a lot of onions on my shit. So no. I don't know, like, I, but I like sour, like, I like, a, you know, some sour cream, like, some crema, mm. like, something, something, like, in that regard. So I just, like, it'd just be messy and gross, like. Your girl, your girl could be plain white rice. Your ass ain't about to come in mid-chew. <laughs> oh, no. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do, dude? You gonna, you, gonna, you gonna sit that thing in your jaw real quick? <laughs> like, close them teeth up real quick. Now smell like about no, man, your lips hit each other, they slip off of the grease like that. Nah. <laughs> That's man. a very good point, Twan. There, there, there is so many things that you got to look at Hollywood. Because, look, I just know as a guy, so guys be looking at it, and, and, and the girl be like, Look at that. That's so cute. That's beautiful. Shit like that. They be like, Yeah, I'm going to recreate that. I'm like, No, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Take it from a nigga that has tried. Don't do that. 
But you know what I appreciate about about these episodes that like as we go through them that Twan is here to just remind you young bucks don't do this. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm gonna do the whole time. Don't do this. If we ever have a scene where like the the, they in an argument and a nigga just kiss a girl while they arguing, I can't stand you. I can't stand you. I'm putting them up on the wall and kiss them. Don't do that. that. You gonna get you gonna get punched in the eye. Hilarious. (laughs) Who could punch dead in your eyeball? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. Has that ever happened to y'all? Where y'all be sitting no. y'all in a full fight? No. And then you just mm-hmm. end it with the day, like you just punctuate that shit with the kiss right there to that, every day over? My my natural body language is keep away. Just in general. Yeah. Soon as your head came forward, she thinking you boxing now. Right, I'm like, okay, we gotta swear up. Right. <laughs> Let me protect myself. <laughs> you came in with the head first. She's thinking like, no, nah, you trying to fight? No, you can't be doing all these these very like white the notebook esque moves when if your girl is like has a natural flight or f- fight or flight tendency. I saw somebody arguing one time and they just picked the girl up like in a basket carrier and walked away with her. I said, mm-mm, mm-mm, you gonna get fall all in your face. Don't do that. But I'm gonna keep, yeah, I'm gonna I keep the right so y'all gonna be looking at the late. They're gonna make sure y'all don't wear cardigans in the winter. And I'm gonna make sure you don't kiss your girl at the wrong time and get fucked up. Hilarious. Yeah, like, the, like though, though this show is based on, I guess, real life, a lot of, I guess, you messy niggas on Twitter. Um, yeah, don't do majority of the shit. It's not. It's not real. <laughs> Let's not. Just don't do yeah, it. Let's not do that at all. I agree. Let's not do that at all. Yeah, it's not. It's not. This is not real life. Everybody seems very well adjusted. <laughs> the actors are <laughs> real life. So let's like none of these methods. Like you kissing the girl on the shoulder and being like, "I'm sorry." None of that is no. None of that works. <laughs> don't do that. That's true. That's so true. All right. Well, well, the last, the most important scene um, is Issa and her job moment. And I know we just yeah. read Shauna's email about how she felt about Issa leaving the job. Do y'all agree? Like, do you disagree? I personally, I this was this was probably my favorite Issa scene in all of the three seasons. You know, I I could understand what she's saying because that's something I always say when I watch TV. Like, nigga, how you just going to quit? You ain't got no prospects or stuff like that. But I will say I looked at it differently for the fact that she got a place now doing the building management shit, you know what I mean, and got half off on that. So she's good with that part. She said she was still doing lifting shit, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like she was going from, like, this is my only thing income to I have absolutely zero. She wasn't right. doing that, but the more I, the more I begin, the more I think, the older I get, and the more I work, is life is too short to be at a place you really, really can't stand. That shit drains you. That it shit does. takes everything out of you. I remember my girl coming every day, being like, "I can't do this job," being like in tears, like I can't do this, and and I wanted so bad to look at her and just be like, "Quit." You know, like one time I even told her, like, if you want to quit, I'm not going to judge you. We'll figure some shit out. We're going to have to sell a car. I'm going to sell some platelets. We're going to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? Because that's how bad it got. 
So like that weight off of you when you get a new like when you leave that job that you can't stand, like that that's a priceless moment right there. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't hate on that. I can't tell nobody to to not do that. And sometimes you know we we get stuck, you know, a lot of times in doing things because it's quote unquote safe, but it's not it's not a great thing for our mental, you know, and emotional well being. So you can stay in a job and you know that it's always going to be your paycheck twice a month, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, people will be scared to go out on a limb, be scared to, you know, go out on faith to do something that they love to do because of that. And it also can hinder you in doing the things that you want to do. And, you know, I, I can definitely say that for myself because, you know, I, while, you know, there are parts of my job that I like, there's a lot of parts of my job, including pay that I do not like, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, like you always gonna get this paycheck, but still like, you know, to, I always commend anybody that can, you know, understand what they want to do because, you know, she know, I think Issa, especially when she went to the job fair and she saw that other company, you know, that was doing more for the kids and especially, you know, musically, she understood and she knew exactly what, you know, vision she sees herself doing as far as for helping children. And she knew for the longest that that place was not the best place for her at all. It's just going down the drain. And especially when it did like the, 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 uh, pretty much kind of like the panoramic view of the office. And she was just looking and was like, this is not for me. I'm quitting. It's like, sometimes you just have to say it and do that first step. And, you know, that can get your momentum going in, you know, doing what you love to do. Cause you know, Issa doesn't have any children. She doesn't have anything like that pressing to hold her down that, you know, she can just do it and not feel like a what if. And I think she's had a lot of what ifs, you know, in her life. I think this is the first time she's actually putting forth and doing something about it. So I commended her for it. All right. Yeah, I think this is the most adult decision East has made in all three seasons. And I was very Mm -hmm. proud of her. Me too. And I have not said that at all in any of these three seasons (laughs) about Issa. And when she did it, she looked so happy. Like, you know, like, oh, I got away from these fuck niggas. Like, yes. You know, and then they played fucking crazy classic life by Janelle Monet. Yes, our fairy black mother. I was like, come here. Yes, her. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yes, I loved it. All right, and so just like what you said, she can do lift. Like it's not like she's just flat out no damn job. She can lift until she finds what she needs, and it also gives her the flexibility to start seeking what she really wants to do. Yeah. All right, he just got mad silent. Um, oh, we were waiting for you to start. start I've been, been here for a while. Yeah, you yeah. said oh, like you ready? I in, said so. oh, like three times. But <laughs> um, so what have y'all? So y'all covered everything up to the house, right? I mean, them going back to the crib and shit. Yeah, did y'all jump yeah right we talked about how corny the date was in and all the best ways. Um, and then we start. We, we were talking about uh, Issa leaving leaving the company finally. Did y'all talk about the little rat tail having kid with the longest rat tail yes, ever? We did. Yes, we did. All right, cool. You know I talked about that nigga. I hope so because that little rat tail, that like that long little rat tail, that did me in. And uh, yeah, I agree. It was a corny date. 
but it was a cool day. It's like, I think one of the per- most perfect first dates you can have to really get to know a person. And she was, I think I heard DJ talking about how honest she was because she wasn't on, she hasn't been honest with other people as much as she has. And I think it was easier for her to be honest with somebody she didn't know. Might as well start off that way. So you can kind of know what type of person you are. You don't have to tell I, th- I think she proved what she was saying in the beginning. Because she remember when Molly was trying to throw stuff out, she was saying, I've already, I've always said, this is new me. And then I always go back to old shit. Mm-hmm. But this time, instead of like this whole episode was not her saying that she's new, was actually her, actually her doing something about it. Yeah. And you got to see her take those steps to move forward. And just opposed with Molly taking steps backwards. So I think that was absolutely done on purpose. Molly continues to be a mess of Molly. And yeah, I heard like everybody's point on her quitting her job. So we actually just went through that. Like me and Ash just went through that. And she was like, I don't want to work here anymore. I don't want to do this. Like she's stressed every day. Um, It just really was hard for her. And I had always kind of been like, look, we'll just make sure you, I don't care if you quit, just make sure you got some ready to go before you do it. And with a teacher, with being a teacher, that's really hard because they don't like contracts and stuff. So it's hard for her to get a new one when she's on one. And they don't really start looking for teachers until you need to be on a contract. Right. So basically they're like, we need you to sign to let us know if you're coming back by like five days from now, but they just started putting out contracts for other schools two days ago. So you have a very short window. It's really ridiculous. Like the more I learn about our educational system and teachers, just kind of like the more egregious it is the way teachers are treated in this country is trash. But, um, so we got to a point where she was going to transfer and do some stuff and she got fucked during the transfer. Like they just, she just got fucked. By somebody who had no connection to her and it just wasn't good. So she was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I don't want to like quit and I don't have anything. I was like, you know what? Like we were in San Diego, so it must have been a California air. I was like, listen, we'll figure it out. Just, just, just put in your two weeks. Just quit. Like, if that's what you want to do, just do it. Like, if that's what make if that's that, if that's what'll make you happy, just do it. And we'll figure that shit out. Now, granted, she's in a better situation, of course, because she's married. So there is that support system. Issa doesn't really have that support system. But that I don't think that should dissuade anybody from doing this. Like, you know, I I am wholeheartedly on the if you can, and even sometimes if you don't know, if you can. But you do know you don't like that shit you're doing. You got one life, yo. Quit. Quit that shit. Like, cause you could you could go out here and get hit by a fucking truck and die. Like that, and that could be the end of your shit. Go just quit. Why stay somewhere you miserable at? Why make why why spend 40 hours a week doing some miserable shit? You know, and on the same token, though, people need to be kind of cautious. People need to be more analytical of their situation. Okay, if you ain't making great money and you don't truly, truly like your job, like you don't really see you being there that long, don't go out and buy a brand new fucking BMW. Like, don't make purchases that you know will lock you in into a position. 
Because there's a lot of people that will tell you stories about how, oh, man, I had this I had this $3,000 a month apartment and I, I had my new Mercedes S class, the biggest class of all the classes. And, you know, when I walked into my office one day and I was just like, fuck it. And I quit and I started my own business. And now I fold kale leaves into origami figures for people. And I make a great living off of it. Like, that's bullshit. That no, that's that's that lucky motherfucker is a rarity. Like you need to plan ahead and not just be living in the moment with your everything. So that if you do get in a situation, you're like, you know what, fuck my job this Tuesday. I'm quitting. You can do it. And we don't really know Issa's situation. Like, we don't know how much we know she ain't really got a penny to her fucking name, but she got the little apartment joint, and I'm sure they paying her something. So that works. I'm sure you got y'all won't paying her shit since she was sleeping on somebody's fucking couch. And she driving for Lyft. Like (laughs) and and it and it wasn't a a lot of people see this thing and automatically think it's a it's it's a spur of the moment thing. You know what I mean? Like I fully understand that some people don't have the luxury of just quitting. Fully understand that. Because I've been in that situation where you don't have the luxury. But I don't like. I never saw this as a spur of the moment thing. Issa was working with this company. She got downgraded in this company. Took that. Tried to make the best of that. Got shut down in that. <laughs> Still tried to make some suggestions. Got shut down some more, and she was just kind of buying her time. And the only one, only person there that really had her back was uh, was Frida. That was it. And she, you know, but it wasn't a lot of stuff that she could do. So when she saw, and then she's already like, I'm doing this, this job, and I still have to hustle three other things to live. If I got to do all this stuff and I'm still, I was basically homeless and don't have anything to my name, then me quitting this job after I done tried to make it work. I'm still gonna be homeless too, and <laughs> like, and not have that much money to my name with a four twenty five credit score. But shit, at least I won't be depressed and, and be right. myself up all the time. Like you gotta, you gotta you know take I mean? that leap. That's a lot to deal with. You going to a job forty hours a week that you don't fucking like. You working a lift job at night. You sleeping on a nigga couch. At what point are you working on your resume and actually and actively searching for another job on Monster or Mashable Jobs or whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck you be looking, right? Like, when do you have the spirit or the energy to do that? That, you like, I know some people, oh, man, your spirit and shit, you, you got to buckle down. Look, everybody ain't built like me. Everybody ain't like, yo, I can take all of this shit on my shoulders and run with it, and I'm going to do what the fuck I need to do because fuck it. I ain't got ain't nothing else you can do, right? Like, ain't no people aren't that logical, okay? People are emotional. People have stuff they're dealing with. Sometimes people just can't do it. And if they can't do it, then you got to let that shit go. Like he's saying, she ain't losing shit by quitting this job. She really ain't. And the reality was, if you want to update, like, Ash's situation, it was worrying for, like, a week and a half, and then she had a brand-new teaching job. Because the bottom line is, like, her skill set is there. Her background checking is there. She got a resume. Right? There's a support system there. As far as that she's built for herself, and Issa has that, too. Issa can go out here and make some shit happen. Issa ain't no dummy. She ain't useless. She's already been looking at the other place, right? Why she? Why she still got stuff? And but they like was looking that for shit, people. Uh, until you're in that situation, or you know somebody's in that situation, you don't know how draining that fucking situation is. Mm-hmm. That shit is terrible. 
I was like, you've been complaining about that place since season one. Dude, like, Brandon, like, you can tell what, like, what your situation actually didn't you like just at times feel like there's nothing I can do? There's no, there's nothing I can, I can do. I, can I can't walk up you. in there I can and make them there, listen to her. There is shit I can do. I know that when you walk in this door, you're going to be miserable. Yep. Like, I watched, I watched her break down and cry in tears every time she walked in the door. A bunch of time. And almost break down in tears every time she left. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck it, we be on the street if I ain't got to see you like this. But I did, <laughs> like, but I did that same too, shit. This is, this is too fucking much. I'm speaking about her experience, but I went through that same shit before I left my company three years ago to go work for somebody. And, I, and everybody kept telling me don't leave. And I was in a situation where I was making, you know, good money, like not great money, not like, not what I'm making now. And I was making like, I was making okay money for this area, right? At a company that I probably should have been making a whole lot fucking more money. But they, they just had more people than they needed. And the company was was bullshitting as far as like raises and stuff go. They didn't want to pay. And I had been with them for seven years. And I'm telling you, I hadn't planned to be with them longer than three. Like I had somewhat of a plan coming out of school. I'm like, yo, I can get in good with them, build a name, three years. I can go somewhere else, make a certain amount, and I'm good. Like that's all I care about. I ain't out here trying to be fancy fucking rich. It was a number I was trying to hit in my head that was reasonable and it was very doable in this situation. So I'm like, cool, if I just get that number, I'm good. Right? I ain't got to really worry about shit. I ain't got to worry about a house. I ain't got to worry about kids. I ain't got to worry about nothing. I'll be fine because I don't feel like it's anybody who could be in that situation in any area and not being able to live off that. What ended up happening was year four, I was kind of like, um, so I ain't been getting no raises and no increases and I'm still making the same shit I was making before. So then when I tried to get that, they didn't want to do it. Okay. They kept giving me these bullshit ass reasons. And I still had to do all this self-evaluation bullshit. And that shit literally would take me like four hours to do one of them evaluations. Cause they they had pages and pages of that shit of you talking about yourself. It was terrible. Like then they was telling me, oh, well, if you go get this $500 certification, then maybe, maybe you can get a raise. And I'm like, but I'm doing work, I'm doing work that's equivalent to this pay without the service. I don't understand what the problem was. And the fact of the matter was, I was a number. So coming to work was miserable. Like I say this on the podcast all the time. I didn't talk at that job like that. It was a surprise if they, if I did talk and that was because I did not like it. I did not like being there. I was working 12 hour days so I could leave early on Friday because I was trying to get out there as quick as fucking possible. I didn't want to go in every day. My attitude was shit. Like I literally, I had a terrible attitude with people some days. I wasn't approachable and it was, and it was a lot of people that just did not, it was like, Oh, we got to go ask Brandon. So I don't know how we going, you know, maybe we need to like three man weave or something through to get this document out of him or to get him to work on this issue for us. Cause you know how he is it. You could see it on their faces. Like I just did not fit that atmosphere. I did not fit the culture. I did not want to be there. And finally, I just, I like the first job that came through. I had been turning down companies, like left and right, like I don't want to work here. I don't want to work here. I heard rumors about here. I heard terrible shit here. And one day I was like, you know, the next motherfucker that called me, I'm leaving. If the next motherfucker that called me, I'm gonna negotiate these numbers right, and I'm leaving. And that's what happened. Because I, I I was about to quit anyway. Like I was I was legit ready to just walk out and quit and like deal with it. So, Life is too short. You don't owe these companies nothing. No, bro, don't you they don't give them nothing. You always you be a social security number. No, I tell you people can, that all the time. Something happened to you. You croak and die. They if if they do cry, and then your position, guess what, will be on Indeed the uh, next day. Like, like this whole this whole thing of 
of you gotta have loyalty to a place. Fuck that shit. And 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 work there forever, stuff like that. That was an old propaganda that they told people so that you can feel good about working for them. You ain't gotta do this. If you can do it, and like I said, again, we all know, we all been because we ain't we ain't rich. <laughs> we all know the struggle. Some people ain't got the luxury. Some people got shit like, you know, we are, I think the three of us are talking from a place where we ain't got no kids or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Just us. But I fully understand. But if you got this place where it is soul crushing, and I mean like soul crushing where you you cannot function, where you are de- like clinically you are depressed walking into this place, and there's and and it's just sapping everything out of you. If you can make a change, make a goddamn change. Get up out. For your damn self. Niggas you out here living. Niggas out here living with a lot of luxuries too. Like I had planned this quitting shit. Like I was really thinking I will cut my cable. I will cut this. I will stop buying this. I will only eat this until I find another spot. I will try to conserve this money as long as possible. And I tell you what, the the first thing I did when I got to this other company because I was able to negotiate higher than what I wanted. Right, my initial number. I went higher than it. So I came in the door like, okay. I don't know how this job is going to be. I don't know how these people are going to be. I might hate this shit in a year. So what I'm going to do is all this money that I was not making at my last job, all this increase that I just brought in from this new position, I'm saving it. And that's what I did. The first year, I just put every everything that was, like, I, I continued to pay my bills the way they was. I was still living in an apartment. I was still living in a cheap-ass, small-ass apartment. Like Twan, no, they came and stayed up in that shit. That didn't change when I got a new a new job. I stayed in the same spot. And everything that was extra, I put away. And by the end of the first year, I had I never had a savings account when I worked in my first job for real. When I by the time I ended my first year at Disney, all the extra cash, like it was significantly, it was like I could quit right now and I'll be good for six months. If I need, if I just need, if I wanted to take time to find another job. And that's originally what I was planning because around that time I, I was, we was doing the podcast harder. I had picked up photography. Like it was a whole bunch of stuff that I was trying to get into. So I was willing to take that fucking risk. That like, that's just, and that was something I had actually planned for at that point. But before, when I quit to go to the other one, I had not planned that shit. Hell, I took three weeks off when I quit. I gave them two weeks notice, three weeks in advance and took all three weeks out. I was like, y'all ain't gonna see me again. Like, as soon as I put it in, I was out. I sat home for three weeks, ain't do shit. Cause I had been working there for seven years. That's how much time I needed to unwind. I needed all three weeks to really get my mind right. Cause I had been doing some shit for seven years I did not like. Not didn't love, did not fucking like. Mm-hmm. That shit, don't, don't subject yourself to that bullshit. And that whole, like, when baby boomers and them, and you, you really gotta remember why the term baby boomer is even put in that like is even used the economy was booming at that time the like money was different the dollar was worth more uh, people could actually afford homes at that point homes were much cheaper at that point and then after they brought their homes they got significant raises over their 30 year span of working for companies so when these motherfuckers are retiring out here and telling you that all oh, y'all millennials, y'all some crybabies and y'all some whiners and all that, remember that their situation was significantly fucking better than the way the country is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, 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 left school 
with very little debt. Bruh, like, going to college was like nine hundred dollars. If everything stayed the same, and it was just the change in the student debt, that would be enough. Homes are four times more expensive now than they were back then, but this, but the 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 price, but the dollar has gone down in worth. And people making are not making money, not making more money getting jobs to match the increase in like the inflation. We had the greatest recession ever. The only reason it's not like the Great Depression is because we actually had some safeguards set up because of the Great Depression. <laughs> but it was horrible. Like, like, and I think people don't do that. Like, there was a time where you could get a you could work a decent, well-paying job and 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 get you and and save up money and get you a house. I come from a family of people who aren't sitting here and they're just everybody's college educated and everything like that. My dad worked, <laughs> came home tired all the time, but he could scrap and save and with two kids got him got him some shit to send his kids to college to get some shit and stuff like that. And I can sit here right now and say I probably could afford to move my ass back home. But even those homes my, that your in, parents in my, in my neighborhood, even those homes that our parents lived in, when they moved in, those homes are worth three to four times more now than they were when our parents got. Yes. Them. That's how fast the inflation was. Twan and I weren't living in those homes in the fucking oh my god, it would be like late nineties. Nigga, it's only twenty eighteen, and those homes were worth three times as much ten years ago. That's how fast the the equity rose on them houses. Like our parents are smart as shit buying those houses. In that area because it grew plentifully. And then the other homes that they built around there are also expensive as shit. The Ashley, the home that Ashley and I moved in, if we'd have brought this home 20 years ago, nigga. And I and I'm making what I made now, which let's keep it real. People were making what I made now, what I'm making now 20 years ago and buying homes three times cheaper than my home is now. So you look at these situations. Right, you looking at them? They they thinking, oh, I paid one hundred and twenty five thousand for my four bedroom house, my four bedroom single family home it, near the D.C. or Maryland area. Nigga, please, I guarantee you. Okay, you go try to find that now. You easily looking at four fifty for a single family home with three bedrooms, two and a half baths. Certain areas, the same home is three hundred thousand dollars more. Still in the state of Maryland, probably 15 minutes away from where you was just looking. That's how ridiculous this guy. And a lot of people that own them homes, they've been living there for 20, 30 years. So they brought that shit when it was fucking cheap. And now they about to flip it for seven times the profit. That shit's crazy. But they expect us millennials to be able to do the same shit now. Nah, don't let nobody shame you into staying at no fucking job that you don't need to fucking stay at. Mm-hmm. That shit is trash. Like it is, it is, it, it's man, it's like mm, it's oppression, bro. Like and they're and locking they're you in. For, and a lot of times they're doing it for their benefit. Like they're never doing it for your benefit. Like that whole, oh, you know, you stay and you're gonna be at the company this amount of years, you'll get this amount of, you know, Bullshit. whatever incentives they're trying to throw at you, equity or you know, not even that, like just the whole of you know, you're vested in the company. No, at the end of the day, especially if they know you are the one that's going to work harder than the rest of the, the flunkies, you know more, and then you're more willing to actually do the work, that they'll they'll sell you a dream in a quick minute, just at, at the end of the day, it benefits them, not you. 
But then when it comes time for a compensation, they're not going to do it for you because it's always an excuse, whether it be budget or whatever it is. But yet you see it, you know, people who don't do do not nearly the amount of work that you do making more money than you like, uh, uh, absolutely not. Yeah. Just leave. If you get somewhere that you love hey, good, yo, good for you. That is not a lot of people's situation. A lot of people have places that they like, hopefully, that they have to be. And with all of the different avenues that have sprung up because of the growth of the internet and technology, that will it, you know, will grant you, you know, money. Yo, if you got a fucking idea and you believe that shit, fuck it. Take that leap. This niggas out here playing Fortnite that's living in million dollar homes, dog. I'm sorry. Like it's there is no there, there is no ceiling anymore. There just isn't. It's too many people out here that's getting paid to do shit that they love or to get or simply just getting paid to do some old bullshit. And when you're trying to get them corporate and them federal jobs and them private sector jobs and all of that shit, realize that it is an old school boys club and that shit. And there's a certain way that they promote and carry out giving people positions. And it most of the time is not based on actual skill or knowledge or commitment or dedication a lot of the times, it's not just built off who you know, but who likes you. Mm-hmm. You might know everybody. They might not like you enough to move you up. That shit, I'm, I'm telling you, I have this. I'm telling y'all, it's real. It's real out here. If you think it's not, if you think you're going to work hard and grind and get these 2% raises and that's going to change your life, you fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. A 2% raise in general is bullshit. Very. And when you do get your new job, make sure you request what you want coming in the door. Don't let nobody tell you, oh, well, we'll start you off here and then you'll reach this later. Nope. That's a game too. Right. They'll always lowball you. Yep. Like, and they I got that the hard way. Like, do not tell me exactly because they can take that shit right back to compensation and they can work their little magic. Cause so yeah. Absolutely not. Bullshit. They They'll do the always grade try to system. give you the lowest low ball. That's why they do that know. grade system shit. So you can make it feel like you're moving up. Or they'll tell you something like, oh, we bring you in at a grade 11. So we can't pay you that much. You got to be a grade 11 and a half to get that. Well, then they either need to bring you in a grade higher. Or they need mm-hmm. to start breaking their rules. Don't come in settling for nobody. Like you settle to, you settle to the degree that you have to. Okay. Be reasonable. But don't fuck yourself. This mm-hmm. got way deeper than it was supposed know to. Know your worth. Absolutely. Yeah, no, nah, this is the bit. All right. Um, yeah, this just went on way longer than it was supposed to. This was supposed to be the short episode. Um <laughs> anybody, anybody got else anything else to say about this episode or life in general since we are that went on a rant and a rave about that? Do whatever the fuck you want. And whatever <laughs> makes you happy is the most important thing. Absolutely. All right. Um, this has been the Where's My Four Diggers podcast, Boob Tube. This has been the Insecure Season Three, Episode Four, Fresh Like Review. Um, Phenom Black, Miss Music Lover, Twan, and basically uh new Forty Acres Boob Tube host, co host Joy. Might as well. Cause she keeps saying we. Like I and I I'm I'm I am listening, 
and she just keeps saying we every time she talks about a statement. She's spoken for us like three times in this one episode. So basically, right. she's speaking for all of the us's on here now. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it doesn't even feel odd. It feels right. No, no, no. Oh, thank, thanks, guys. Thanks, friends. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be doing this until the season is over. So I'm here. Boom. Just, but then after the season... I'll be back. No, listen, Atlanta's coming back soon. Y'all know I love Atlanta. I will be right back here, trust and believe. Oh. This doesn't have to stop. All right. Um, yeah. And we will holler at y'all next time. Which my 40 Tell a friend, tell a fam, tell it all. Don't be like Molly or a mess. Peace.